Hey there, history fans. Welcome back to the History Explains It All podcast, where we cover a variety of historical topics from the Stone Age to the modern age. I'm Lauren. I'm Alyssa. And on today's episode, we are covering the Titans. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the the gods that came, huh? Who are the Titans? You know, the gods that came before the Olympians. Oh, those types. Or, as, we, as I like to say, the parental units of the Olympians. <laughs> the, the messed up crazy parental units? Yeah. Yeah, but the come on. Have you met the Olympians? They're not exactly neither. It's all one parental unit. It's just, how do you want to put it? It's like the Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> Except not quite. Oh, that's true. The fighting was more like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Very similar. But aside from that, before we get started, you can contact us through our email at historyexplainsall at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at historyexplainsall underscore podcast. On those lovely Facebook and Instagram pages, we do podcast polls to hear what topics you want. So check it out. Every once in a while, those goes up, goes up, those go up. And we also do a Today in History segment and an Archaeology in the News segment goes up on them on those pages as well. So check us out there. Also, if you can, please uh, leave us a rate and review and help people find us and let us know how you feel about the podcast and what you want to hear about and what you like and don't like. We want to know. That way we can improve. So, shall we get into the Titans? Go right ahead. All right. So, who are the Titans, as Melissa asked? The Titans were the children of... (laughs) Sorry. We keep saying Titans. And I'm thinking we are the champions, but instead of we are the Titans. (laughs) It will shut up in my head now. (laughs) You just put titans instead of champions yeah. to the queen song. Oh, my brain's okay. being stupid today. Oh, God. It's okay. Okay, so the titans <laughs> were, the, were the children of Uranus and Gaia, or the sky and earth. Uranus is the sky, Gaia is earth, with the leader of the titans being Cronus. Cronus, or Kronos, depends on how you like to pronounce things, overthrew his father, ending his rule of the world or rule over basically everything because he was one of the first beings, I guess you could say. And Kronos himself is famous for having a very similar prophecy to what he did to his father. One of his children would start an uprising and overthrow him. In order to prevent this, Kronos was known for eating his children. Yes, he ate his own children. It's lovely. It's great, wholesome history right there. However, one of his children, his youngest, would escape this fate. He would be known as, come on, Melissa, you know this, you know this, you know which Olympian this is. Zeus. Yep, thank you. Overrated. I don't disagree with you there and I don't agree with you either. It's just, it is what it is. He just, he did escape the fate of being eaten by his father. 
and he would he would end up actually being the one to fulfill the prophecy and this would start the war between the titans and the olympians with a very unhappy ending for the titans and a very happy ending for the olympians just so that we know all of the or the majority of the titans many of the original titans were included oceanus rhea chronos coius creus thea Nemesine, Phoebe, Eopetus, Thamus, Hyperion, and Tethys. These are just some of the originals that are considered like the main titans. They're not the only titans, though. Would you like to get into some of these? So first on our list is the mother of all titans, Gaia herself, or Gaia, whichever you prefer. And the, term, uh, the name actually means earth and land. And she is the semi-anthropomorphic goddess of the world. And in some tellings in her great mythology, she is said to given birth to all of the elements of the world. And she is actually born of the darkness that was created by her father, Chaos. And she's the mother of Uranus, uh, the Titans, all the Titans, as well as all the giants, and that includes the gigantes and cyclops. And when she came into existence, so did all of the wonders of the earth, the sky, the mountains, seas, rivers, plains, etc. So it is said that she had taken possession of Mount Olympus as well when she came into existence and became the mountain. And why she's also referred to as Mother Earth. Much like many of the other gods and goddesses of ancient Greece, Gaia is actually much older than the Greek civilization itself. So in pre-Greek, she was, one of her names was Attic or Attica, if you think of back to like the, the early tellings of Dionysus. She was also known as Doric, which is the name of one of the types of columns. And during the Mycenaean, she was also known as Mago or Maka, which both mean Mother Earth. And legend goes that after quite some time by herself, she became quite lonely. And this led to the creation of Uranus, whom she gave control of the sky and heavens to. Now, he was born without a father. Uh, so we're not sure how it happened, but she, he was born without, a, just born by his mother. She would go on also to create Oria, which she gave control of the mountains to, and then Pontus, who looked over the seas as well as many, many, many other children. Now, when it comes to the Titans, Gaia is also key to their creation, as we mentioned. It's said that one night she slept with her son, Uranus, because he's the only male at the moment, thus resulting in Kronos, the original Titan. Kronos in many tellings is known to be very cruel and spiteful, as we'll get to. And when it comes to his mother, Kronos actually thought her to be lustful and sinful, Given his parentage, his mother slept with her son. I think Oedipus, for just yeah, yeah, Oedipus, and would often disobey and act out against his mother. So yeah, Cronus did not like his mom. Gaius and Uranus would go on to have several more children. This would include the Cyclops, the Brontes, Steropes, Hecatochires, the Giges, Kotos, Briarios, and potentially up to 60 children in total yeah well she's mother earth she creates everything so unfortunately the latter particularly the cyclops and hedekires 
are said to have been born with 50 heads and 100 arms. And Uranus, thinking that they were ugly and they were of no benefit, he hid them away from their mother and from the world so that no one would know about them. This didn't sit well with Gaia. She asked her children to help her overthrow Uranus. Now, the only one that said that they would help out was Kronos. And story goes that when Uranus returned at one time to come sleep with his mother again, Cronus was there with a sickle that Gaia had made of flint and cut off Uranus's testicles. And it's said that as Uranus bled out before he died, Gaia used him to father more children. From the blood that he spilled, there was the melee, the tree nymphs, the giants, the Uranus, the, the furies, and also when the blood hit the ocean, you had Aphrodite. Now, after the incident with Uranus, Gaia then began to father children with her second son, Pontus. And their children included Cato, Nereus, Eurybia, Thalamus, and Phorcys. And these all became Greek sea gods and goddesses because Pontus is the god of the titan of the sea. And this would also cement her connection between land and sea. At one point in the story, Gaia and Uranus actually told Cronus a very terrifying prophecy, or more so Cronus told him that he would be successful in his life. I'm sorry, that Uranus told Cronus a prophecy before he died, that he would have a very successful life as a ruler, but one of his own children would betray him, as we mentioned before, and take over his rule. And as we've stated, this led to the creation of Zeus, his battle against the Titans, and their takeover of Mount Olympus. All righty. When you're a mother of all creation, you will go to any lengths to protect your children. Well, I mean, we can talk about, we'll be talking about the other mother in a minute. Hot sec. Talking all the children Gaia had, the ones that we know of quite well are Kronos and Rhea, who were siblings and also husband and wife. That's not, that, that's not a thing in history ever. Don't know what you're talking about. Looking at you, Egyptians. Egyptians weren't the only one to do it, as you can tell. So no, of course, they're, not. they're just the first <laughs> one that comes to mind because it's the Egyptians. I mean, they they were pretty prolific about it, especially the Ptolemies. It was worse even before the Ptolemies. Trust me, it was That's way fair. worse before the Ptolemies. But that is for another episode, lady. Okay, don't don't get me started on that because I'll go on for hours without even having to like sit down and do research. I already know this. We do have an Egyptian uh, episode, the- a themed episode coming up, and Lauren is super beyond words ecstatic about it. <laughs> don't give away my secrets. I didn't tell them what it was. So Kronos and Rhea were both Greek deities during the pre-Hellenic period, and Kronos's Roman equivalent is Saturn. Just a little bit of a reminder, he was the youngest son of Uranus and Gaia. So just to give you a little bit, he was the god of agriculture, and when it came to portrayals of him, he was normally shown as an elderly man, <clears throat> excuse me, as an elderly man who carried around what they called a curved sword, similar to a sickle. Or a scythe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, majorly a sickle, though, because a scythe is longer, kind of is uh, a longer okay. handle than a sickle. Sickle is short for the cutting of the wheat. Got it. That makes more sense. 
when he became the ruler after overthrowing his father, his sister Rhea became his consort. Rhea, again, another child of Uranus and Gaia. Just a reminder here. <laughs> and she bore him several children. Many of these children include the Olympian, what we remember as the Olympian gods, Hestia, Demeter, Poseidon, Hades, Hera, and of course, Zeus. Now, he swallowed all of his children, as I said, as he was warned that one would rise up against him. And that became true when Rhea, like any mother, went to several severe lengths to save her, the last child she bore, which was Zeus for Kronos. She basically, so some stories say she fed him a rock and hid, hid Zeus. Uh, there's several different versions. One, another one is that Rhea hid Zeus on the island of Crete. Once Zeus became an adult or had grown up, he was able to release his siblings from the pits of Cronus's stomach. And he started the war, the war with the Titans, the Olympians versus the Titans. Cronus did not come out successful, of course. That's the ending we know. There are two possible endings to Kronos and Rhea included. The more popular one, well-known one is that all the Titans were locked away in Tartarus, which is in the deep dark depths of Hades. Another possible ending, which is less well-known is that he became the King of Elysium, just kind of moved on to the next world, basically. We don't know which one it actually was. Rhea is not as well known when it comes to what she was goddess of, really. There's not much talk about her from what I was looking up. It's more her motherly instinct to save Zeus as she could not save all her other children. That is that's talked about. Well, let's go on to some more Titans, shall we? <laughs> yeah. A lot less gruesome, I think, this one. So we're going to talk about Eos. And she is not only goddess of the dawn, but she's also often referred to as the dawn. So uh, and, and in terms of ancient Greece or ancient Greek, when you see her name that's as capitalized, she is referred to as the goddess because that's her title. Uh, when if you see it as a lowercase, it's referring to the actual sunrise itself. So she is both goddess of the sunrise and the sunrise itself. She's often depicted as a winged goddess and a charioteer who rides her chariot across the morning sky, bringing the sun with her. And her chariot is pulled by her horses, Lampas and Phaethon, which means light and, uh, light and bright, <laughs> essentially. And she was one of actually the many second generations of Titans and the daughter of the sun gods Hyperion and Thea. Thea actually means divine. And she was also sister to Selene, goddess of the moon, and also Helios, uh, the main sun god, or at least one of the sun gods. There's a lot. And the name Eos is actually quite old. As we mentioned before, her name predates ancient Greek, which is kind of common, for at least for the Titans. And it's actually found to be related to an old Sanskrit 
sun goddess, as well as a proto-Indo-European word for the dawn. So technically, Eos, in its very earliest form, was a very, 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 very old name for the sun goddess. And over time, different civilizations, European and Indo-European, have adopted her and then it spread out throughout the world. So she comes kind of from one single source, which is really interesting. It's said that Eos married the Titan Aestrius, who was the god of the dusk. So you have dawn and dusk. And together they had several children, all connected with everything between sunset and sunrise, such as twilight. And some of her children are the Anamoi, uh, so you, all, all the winds. You have Zephyrus, the, the west wind, Boreas, the north wind, Notus, the south wind, and Eurus, the east wind. Esophos, which is the morning star, or Venus. And then Astroplaneta, or Asteris, the stars of the planets. So you have Stillbond for Mercury, Hesperus for Venus, Perius for Mars, and Phaethon for Jupiter, and then Phinon for Saturn. She also gave birth to Astraea, who is also known as the virgin goddess of justice. So she had a lot of kids. There's a lot of other additional mythology behind her as well. I didn't want to go too deep into it because I know we've got lots of other stuff to cover. But it said that at one point she consorted with Ares, who was husband to Aphrodite. Aphrodite did not like that because it's Aphrodite. And it said that Aphrodite cursed her to continue to be lustful and, and sexual for the rest of her life. And she would go on to have other consorts and tons more children through both human and gods. But when it comes to the Titan Maki or the War of the Titans, there's really not much known about Eos. She actually participated in the Battle of the Giants versus the gods or Gigamanti. And she played a quite small role, really. The only thing we, I mean, she may have had more of a role, but this is all that remains. We don't know anything past what is left from the seventh century. We know this happened beforehand, but there's not much left. When Gaia learned of the prophecy that the giants would die at the hands of man, and the giants are her children, she went to look for an herb that was said to protect them. And during the battle of the giants Zeus ordered Eos and her siblings so Helios, Selene and Eos to not shine any of their light which would allow Zeus to harvest all the herbs which would defeat Gaia in her quest to save her children dang well on to a couple of other titans they're both well known but not much is well known about them oh we have two brothers Atlas and Prometheus. So Atlas, and he did have three brothers, Prometheus, Epimetheus, and Menotius. I apologize if I mispronounce that last one. Atlas, excuse me. Atlas was, like many of them, one to have many wives. Wives, girlfriends, paramours, whatever you want to call them. And several children several i can't tell you how many just to give you an idea among a few of his children were the seven pleiades and 
during the Titanomachy or the war between the Titans and the Olympians, Atlas did side with Kronos. And well, actually he took the lead on the war. He ended up becoming the leader at a point during the war. Unfortunately for Titan, for this Titan, when they lost, Atlas was severely punished. And the rather famous statues and portrayals of him holding up the world on his shoulders, that was his punishment. He was the one that had to hold up the world and heavens on his shoulders. So that's not what he did beforehand. That's what he became at the end of the war. So unlike the other gods, he was not placed in Tartarus. He was placed with the heavens and the worlds on his shoulders. That's why all those portrayals of him are of him with a grim face and kind of statue-like because you can't really move if everyone thought the world was still at the time. So yay to that. (laughs) His brother Prometheus, on the other hand, sided with Zeus and the other Olympians. And when the war ended, Prometheus did not suffer a punishment like his brother Atlas or the other Titans. Prometheus was still free to roam the world. However, he did end up having a uh, a fight, a quarrel, whatever you'd like to call it, with Zeus uh, about the treatment of humans. In the legends, Prometheus is the one who stole fire from the heavens and gave it to humanity. That's how fire came about, is because of Prometheus, according to the Greek legends. However, this did not make Zeus happy because this was actually expressly forbidden by Zeus. So what Zeus did was he did end up punishing him, but for this rather than the Titanomachy, he had him chained up to a mountain on the side of a mountain and he had an eagle continuously peck at his liver, which would regrow after it was eaten. So Eagle comes down one day, eats the liver, goes off, liver regrows next day, same thing, and just repetitive for all eternity. That, I don't know about you, Melissa, but that that doesn't sound pleasant to live through. I think I would go insane. Yep. What I found ironic was who his savior was. Do you know who Prometheus was saved by? You're not going to like my answer. It had nothing related to this at all. Oh, gosh. What? <laughs> She's going to joke. Yep, pretty much. Um, there was a... Every time I hear the word, the name Prometheus, I don't think like modern man or ancient man or proto-man or anything like that. There, at least here in America, there in the mid-90s, there was a show... Oh, gosh. It was, it was a, actually, it was a Canadian show that aired out here. And it was called All That. And it was a teen sketch comedy show. And it was really hilarious. And one of their sketches was a, a, a stop motion animation called Prometheus and Bob. And it was early man trying to make fire and live life out in the wilderness. And this alien comes by to save him and teach him the ways of how to create things and eat the right food so you don't get sick and that kind of stuff but i'm pretty sure your answer is not bob no (laughs) i mean it's not hard to think about 
He's probably the most famous Greek that we know of. Hercules? I'm sorry, Heracles in Greece. Yes. Not Hercules. I literally have him in my notes as Heracles slash Hercules so that we don't have confusion. But yes, Heracles. It was Heracles. Now, Zeus, as you can tell, is not known for his leniency. So imagine this is you, Melissa. Do you really think this is the only reason Zeus has chained you up to the to the mountain and just decided to have your liver eaten every day? Well, it's Zeus, so possibly yes, but I know the answer is no. No, 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 it's not. Of He's course that not. petty. Zeus is petty as heck. Probably the pettiest god that I've ever read about. I would rather be under Hades' thumb than Zeus's thumb any day. Or even Poseidon. Well, as you know, I would definitely love to be in Hades. <laughs> Just next to Hades, not actually being punished in Hades. <laughs> Maybe I'll play some Hades after this. There is a game called Hades, by the way. It's a lot of fun. So Prometheus's name kind of translates to him being the god of forethought, forethink, foreknowledge, basically. And similar to Zeus's forebears, like Uranus and Kronos, his father and grandfather, it was prophesied that if Zeus bore a child with a specific woman, whose name we do not know, by the way, then that child would be the one to overthrow Zeus. And Prometheus knew the name of the woman, and he refused to tell Zeus who she was. And... I don't know if any of you listeners have read anything or heard anything about Zeus, but he was rather uh, unfaithful to Hera. Um, you think? <laughs> no, not at all. I just stated yeah. that. I swear, Zeus is not only one of the worst gods ever, he's also the most horny gods ever. He's the most horny. I mean, it's more than Dionysus, for God's sakes, and Cupid. Well, Eros, I mean, it's, 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 you're talking more of Eros than Cupid. Cupid's supposed to be a child. Um, Eros really was more the god of love rather than necessarily like a god of sex. And Dionysus, though, yes, but also not, no. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't, I've never read of any other god being so prolific other than maybe Poseidon. And he wasn't as prolific as Zeus. Zeus just could not keep it in his toga. <laughs> I love that. Oh gosh. I mean, then there, there, there are people nowadays. There's, there's a general phrase of if it moves, you screw it, and I think that just applies to Zeus. Basically, I mean, there, I mean, for God's sake, supposedly Alexander the Great is the son of Zeus. <sighs> well, I mean, he is great. I mean. <laughs> i'm just i'm now thinking of that uh episode of horrible histories where is he where is he here he is <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking of but yeah zeus was terrible zeus was not known for his leniency zeus was not known to keep it in his toga, as you said. So there was a high chance 
that Zeus could have had a child with the woman he was not supposed to. We don't really know because I didn't find anything beyond that for the legend itself. So it's a good question, though. It's a really good question. I'd like to know, but that's where Prometheus's story ends for me for now. So next on our list, second to last on this one, is the coolest goddess ever, Hecate. I kindly must disagree. Screw you. No, you're wrong. I kindly must disagree because my next one's the coolest goddess ever. Um, I, I highly disagree. Okay. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> She's the most badass goddess ever. Goddesses. Uh, there's a reason we both took these goddesses yes ekne is super badass excuse me thank you so much yes she is i didn't say that i didn't disagree with that <laughs> disagree that she was the coolest goddess still the coolest goddess still disagree <laughs> well we'll find out let us know what do you think you prefer this one or the next one anywho so the name ekate or ekatos uh in ancient greece means worker from afar and she's often shown holding a torch and or a key, which are her symbols, among many other symbols. And if you're a fan of Halloween, Hecate is your goddess. She is the goddess of witchcraft, magic, ghosts, necromancy, crossroads, light, dark, oceans, moons. She's awesome. And she's actually part of the third generations of Titans and the daughter of the Titans, Perseus and Asteria. Her parents were Titans of heaven, earth, and sea, which ties her to the goddess of the sea, a goddess of the sea and goddess of earth. And to break with her legend for just a quick second, it was actually believed by ancient Greece that the evening meal called Depnon was actually made to honor her. So by doing this, honoring her during your evening meal, your last meal of the day, they believe that, quote, the restless dead would be soothed and not deliver vengeance on the family because she is also said to ward off evil spirits and the dead. Still the coolest. Still the coolest goddess. And originally she was depicted as a single person wearing like a toga. And again, usually... A torch in one hand, typically, because she's also goddess of the, like the darkness, but not so much the dark, but darkness, because she could also go between worlds, and I'll get into that. But over time, her depiction changed to three different bodies with three different faces, usually often re referred to as mother, maiden, and crone. So you've got the three different phases of life in human form. Some also believe this to be the full half and new moon, so the three phases of the moons if you're going with the three main phases. And then some even say it's for past, present, and future as well, which would also make sense. Now, when the Titan War was over, Hecate, who sided with Zeus, was given a very special ability. I think her and Hermes are the only two Titans. I'm sorry, I think Hermes was an Olympian, I'm pretty sure, but Hecate was a Titan. But she was one of the very few Titans to come out of the war unscathed because she sided with the Olympians. And because of all the stuff that she did as part of who she is, 
when Zeus took over, he allowed her to remain what she was and didn't restrict her in any way, but also gave her the ability to be liminal, meaning that she could go between more than one world. And in fact, she had the ability to not only go to Mount Olympus, which was reserved for very few gods, she also could go through the human world and also the underworld if she wanted or needed. And the underworld is kind of where her main state was and the caverns and caves of the underworld. She's also associated with the story of Demeter and her search for her daughter Persephone. Because she is a torchbearer, meaning also if you're going for a more, I guess, metaphysical, uh, that's not where I want to go with that. Um, yes. So being the torchbearer, she can light up dark spaces, but she's also the kind of goddess you would call on if you need help to light up your dark, if that makes sense. Like if you're, especially because she's a goddess at the crossroads as well. So if you're uncertain which path to choose, you would call on Hecate to help you determine which is the right path for to go on. She's also there to help light up your path as well. So in this case, she was asked by Demeter to accompany her to the underworld to search for her daughter Persephone. And during they during during the trip, they were able to find Persephone. And if you know the story, you know what happens. And so Persephone was able to during the spring i think it is to go up to the the human world and be with her mom and then during the autumn into the winter she has to go down to hades to be with hades and every time she either goes up or she goes down hecate accompanies her to light her way through the dark now in terms of fighting and the titan wars there really isn't much that also survives for her either i have a really interesting picture which we'll post up when this episode airs there's a vase that is in the louvre i don't have a name for the vase though but it's depicting the giant wars and this actually shows ecate lighting the giant clitius on fire killing him we know she participated in the wars, but that's the only remaining piece that we have of her that says that she participated. Woohoo! Yeah, you don't really want to mess with her either. Yeah. And uh, unlike a lot of other, well, I, I guess the, her name is Greek, but like a lot of other Titans, her backstory is much older than the greeks that that doesn't surprise me yeah but she's also seen depicted with black dogs which are her her companions snakes fire keys her colors are orange and black yeah yeah she's just kind of like the goddess of halloween too it's just fantastic so yeah that's the uh badass awesome coolest goddess ever hecate I'm sorry, you were saying you have a goddess that's other? A goddess that's just as badass. Oh? Oh, yeah. Hecate was not the only goddess that the gods feared. So was Styx. I know the river Styx, and I'm confusing it with Nyx. Well, Styx and Nyx are interchangeable, is basically what I read. Ah. They're, They're associated with each other quite a bit. The River Styx is named after the Goddess Styx. That would make sense. Okay. So Styx, 
daughter to the Titan Oceanus and Tethys. She was the goddess of the underworld before Hades became the god of the underworld. She was the underworld. Hence the name of the river, the River Styx. She was also considered the goddess of hatred. Don't piss her off, basically. <laughs> you do not want to piss Styx off. What would she and do if you did? Basically, you, you lose it. It's kind of like slow torture. Mm-hmm. Most of like the torture that people endured in Hades kind of came from her, even during the era of Hades. So during the Titan War, she sided with Zeus and the Olympians. And that meant that not only did she side with them, so did her husband Pallas and their children. Just to give you a few, uh, Nike, Victor also known as Victory, and Kratos, Strength. Those are just two of her four or five children that she had with Pallas. And she's definitely a part of the reason that the Olympians gained victory, let's put it that way. And Styx has has been associated with the goddess Nyx quite a bit. Nyx is known as the goddess of darkness. And Styx was also known as the goddess of sacred oaths. If a god or a human made an oath on the river Styx and you broke it, you were in deep, deep trouble with Styx. Basically, kind of, you know how we said Zeus was petty? Styx would come after you. Like, you cannot run, you cannot hide. There is nowhere you can go that Styx will not find you. So every single god even feared her and feared breaking an oath. So if they made an oath, they stuck to it. Because if you didn't, well, no one really wanted to meet sticks. Let's just put it that way. I wouldn't want to know my outcome if I met sticks. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't kick Zeus out of the picture. <laughs> But the few times that Zeus did make an oath on the river Styx, he followed through with his promise because even he feared her. Well, both goddesses are goddesses of the dead and the underworld, which is definitely not in Zeus's domain and he's never allowed there. That's true. But also it's kind of like, you know, he experienced Hera's anger and he didn't like her anger. Imagine if you pissed off the goddesses of death. Imagine if you pissed off the goddess that was that controlled the river named after her that led into Hades. It's one of the river Styx, by the way, is one of only two rivers that are it's a portal between the the world of the gods and the world of humans. And the river Styx is the most famous one. So just a extra extra little little tidbit there. If you can, run. Do you know how Charon became associated with the River Styx? Because I haven't, I don't know. You know, I don't know that. But while you go on to your next topic, I'm going to have to look that up. Sure. And I'm also only asking because my incense burner is Charon. Charon I know. I love boat. your incense burner. Hmm? It's the freaking Grim Reaper. I love it. 
Yeah, it's Charon on his boat, surrounded by skulls going down the river Styx. It was a fantastic. I bought it at, at that pirate shop, which was surprisingly that I found it there. But I was like, yes, that's going home. <laughs> All righty, I've got your answer. Oh, that was quick. Go ahead. Well, I I literally just typed in Karen and River Sticks. Yeah. And according to Britannica, so Karen is actually the son of Nyx and Erebus. So it literally, he was basically born into the duty to mm-hmm. be the be the ferryman of the dead. Kind of kind of like Anubis was. Yes, I literally went back into Egyptian <laughs> mythology. Of course you would. Well, what did you expect out of me? Saying. I mean, uh, uh, I can't help you there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and he actually is in Etruscan mythology too. Mm. And he appears as a death demon there armed with a hammer. And then, of course, as time goes on, if, if we look at it as time goes on, basically Karen and the Grim Reaper become one. Yes. We look if if we move on into Christianity and he becomes he becomes death personified, which is not the original purpose that Karen was born into. And by the way, the first depiction of him is on a vase from 500 BCE. Um, send that to me, and I will post it when this episode airs. I'll see if I can find you the picture of it. Yeah, it's it's not on here specifically but I'll see if I can find it so that I can send you the picture. Yeah. And he, I'll, I'll send you this link too, if you want to look up any of this extra information, because it talks about different portrayals of him as time goes on. Basically he goes from being Karen, the, the ferryman turns into a personification of death and then turns into the grim reaper when it moves into Christianity. So what we know of as the grim reaper or what we think of as the Grim Reaper is actually Karen, but with two different purposes because of where they lie. So Karen is supposed to just ferry the men across and he gets payment. So when the Greek burned or buried their dead, they they did put the coins in the, on the eyes and in the mouth. And that was to literally pay Karen. That was his payment. And then it it moved into, he was the personification of death, which is not... It, it's different just it, it's a change i don't particularly like that one but i like karen is karen karen's just pretty cool i like karen yep as a whole just pretty darn cool but there you go i'll send you this link yes so now that we've briefly overviewed a just a small selection of titans Let's get into an overview of the Titan War, and then we'll discuss how it ended, because it's the whole point of this episode. So, the War of the Titans versus the Olympians is called, uh, what'd you call it earlier? Titanomachy? Yeah, the Titanomachy, or Titanomachy, or Titanomachy, it just depends like pre- prefer the pronunciation. I'm like, Titanomachy, I'm like, okay, I know that's not right. <laughs> Brain. So the war is said to have lasted 10 years with constant fighting. Uh, But at the end, as we've mentioned before, the Olympians defeat the old gods. Now, going back to the beginning with Gaia, she and Uranus reigned the world. 
Uranus is her son. And together they had many children. And at one point, Uranus decided to hide away some of their children away from their mother because he deemed them to be unacceptable or for other reasons. And this caused Gaia to lash out at him and to overthrow her husband or her son, really. And enlisting the help of her other son, Kronos, she fashioned a sickle and had Kronos cut off Uranus's testicles. And as I mentioned before, from his blood, several more children were born, including Aphrodite. Now, before Uranus died, he told Kronos of a prophecy saying that he would rule in his stead, but one of his sons would defeat him and take over his rule. With this, Cronus re-imprisoned his brothers that were under Tartarus and then began to eat his own children that he had with his wife, Rhea, as we mentioned before. And as we said, Rhea tricked Zeus by secreting him off to the human world, where he was apparently raised by a goat named Amalthea, or at least in one telling of it. And when Zeus was older, he actually was the cupbearer for Kronos, but Kronos not knowing who Zeus was. So one day it said that with the help of Zeus's first wife, Metis, who was also a Titan, they made a mix of wine and mustard, which caused Kronos to vomit up all of his children. In case you're wondering why mustard, not ground mustard, not mustard spread or sauce, like you would get like a condiment, but mustard seed, and some formations is known to be an emetic. So you put an emetic in the wine, causing Kronos to vomit. Now, once free, Zeus convinced all of his brothers and sisters who'd been eaten to turn on their father and all of the Titans. And then to help the gods in their fight against the Titans, Zeus also released the Hecatonchires and the Cyclops from their prison and talked them into helping them win against the Titans as well. Of course, being prisoned, they all agreed. And in this story, Hecan and Kyries, which were the multi-headed, multi-armed giants, began to hurl rocks at the Titans, and Cyclops would make Zeus's famous thunderbolts. They would also together make Poseidon's trident and Hades' helm of darkness too, which is really cool. Now, I was a little confused by this, Often in my research, I found a lot of sites saying that out of all of the Titans, only two of them fought on the side of Zeus, which would be Themis and Prometheus. But that's not true, as we've just been recently talking about just a handful of them. I so think I'm not sure where that kept coming from. I wonder if it's more like, more as in they're saying these are the major players in the Titanomachy, I guess. Well, Prometheus for sure. Yeah. I mean, Themis and Prometheus would make sense. Yeah. Because like I said, Ecate didn't have a whole lot. Eos didn't have a whole lot. Gaia's not even mentioned. At least on my end. And then for you, yeah. Styx, yeah. Like I said, Styx didn't play such a huge part in the, I mean, I wouldn't want to piss Styx off in this war either. I mean, I'm running away. But to me, that just screams that they're trying to put Prometheus and Themis at the front of the line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which, as we've said, we already know it's not true because Hecate and Styx, neither of them fought on the side of Kronos. Right. So, and and to me, they're still pretty big players, in my opinion. 
But again, that's an opinion because they're they're goddesses that you don't want to annoy. Would you like to tell us what happened at the end? The life-altering decisions? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) At the end of it, the Titans lost. You don't say. Oh, yeah. That's why they've become their rather background characters to the Olympians. The Titans lost to the Olympians and those that did not fight with the Olympians basically well received punishments like Atlas, as I said, his punish the Atlas that we think of when we think of Atlas, we think of the man on his the the man, the stone statue like man with the world on his shoulders. That didn't happen until the end of the Titanomachy. Again, that's not what he did when he was a god that held sway and power. So you were either punished in a very harsh form, because as we said, Zeus was not a lenient god, or you were imprisoned. So the most famous outcome that we know of, because of course there's several different versions of what happened. The most well-known one is that the majority of the Titans, including Kronos and Rhea, were imprisoned in Tartarus. Like I said, that's the deepest, darkest point of Hades. And the story is that they were guarded by the, okay, so Hecaton Keres. And Hecaton Keres were actually three siblings of the Titans that Uranus himself had locked away. They were feared by both gods and men or humanity, as they were said to have 50 heads and 100 hands. That's one version. Another version is that the Hecaton Keras themselves were also placed into Tartarus with their siblings. Some say they fought with the Titans. Others say they fought with the, the Olympians. I'm not really sure, obviously, which is the more popular version in this, in this case. This is actually my first time hearing about the Hecaton Keras. But they're pretty fascinating, I must say. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to see a description of it, just go watch Hercules, which is a great movie anyway. Hades is awesome. And I love the muses. I love the fates and I love the muses in that movie. They're so much fun. Yeah, you're talking about the the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh, you think? Like, let me just make sure we're on the same page about the many versions of Hercules that have come out. I'm sorry. In- yes, the Disney version, not the Kevin Sorbo live action, which in and of itself is also fun to watch. But I was referring to the Disney movie. Well, I mean, the fates are awesome in that movie, so yes. I, I can't disagree. But yeah, basically, that was their ending. They were either placed in prison or punished, and that's when the Olympians came to rule. And the story basically is that the Olympians, between the three brothers, particularly Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon, they kind of drew sticks or kind of like straws, which one, and Hades kind of what they, what they call the short end of the straw is Hades received the short straw and became overlord of Hades. (laughs) Yeah, but if you think about it, so Zeus is like, I'm on Mount Olympus, right? I, I'm the coolest god ever because I can control everything. Yeah, no. Poseidon and Hades were much better people. And between the two of them, they were far more richer 
in terms of all of the minerals and crystals and you know there's gold and silver and all that kind of stuff so you're talking about monetary wealth in that sense well yes and no um just the abundance of natural resources the sea and the underworld carry that mount olympus does not and also despite that they were actually far more lenient and nicer than zeus yeah i mean for goodness sakes if we think about it hades really only ever had one lover persephone yep poseidon on the other hand had few but not as many as zeus yep no one comes as near as zeus as you can tell zeus is not our favorite actually he's probably our least favorite i don't even know if i would call him a favorite in any way whatsoever he's probably the least liked that does that help is that better sure at the end of the day Finn's one <laughs> and a few of the titans too but uh, you got anything else melissa nope go ahead good day <laughs> of course you do sorry still thinks sticks is better <laughs> Well, maybe I should find out some more about sticks and make you something. Because <gasps> I'm always wearing my Ecate pendant. So, I, uh, although I, quite currently right now, I am looking up something online for you. So if I seem a little distracted, I'm trying to find something very special for you. Oh, no. No, no. It's oh, 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 my God. Yes. Oh, gosh. But it has nothing to do with the show. So, okay. Giving, giving people clues now. Alrighty. Yep, just a present. <laughs> Yay, early birthday presents. No, I didn't say it was early. I have to find the right one. Oh, well, that's true. And depends on how much money I feel like spending. Let me rephrase that. Early thoughtful birthday present. You're thinking about it. That's all I... I've said that's it before. All. As you know, I am very good at giving presents. I know. I'm terrible, which is why I'm late. And I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I'm- right. I didn't I'm finding story. the right thing for you. Just bear with me. If you're confused, my birthday was two days ago by the time we ordered, uh, recorded this. So. Yes. Hey. Which is why I'm late. Meh. I didn't expect much from anybody. I've been searching for the right thing for months, but it just doesn't feel right. Okay. Then don't give it to me until you find something that's right. I don't care. Okay, good. I'm glad you're patient. Thank you. I don't expect anything from anybody. Coolest thing though, so I told you that um, Jane Goodall is going to be swinging by the museum today. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I told you her birthday was also on my birthday. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'll take that as a birthday present. That'd be cool. Well, it's not my birthday present to you, but yay. Yay. Well, it's not a present. I don't get to meet her. But before we log off, happy belated birthday from everyone in my household to you. Yes. That includes my fat cat who's sitting on the chair in front of me. Yes, she, she she's a chonk. Yes. You like seeing the chonk. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and sign off. That'll do for this episode of History Explains It All. <laughs> and we hope to see you next week as we trek through history to, I'm going to let you say it this time. Something, something, something explain it all come on see i got you to do it oh you (laughs) you sneak you terrible terrible sneak
And I always fall for it. Mm-hmm. You'd think I'd know better by this point, but no. <laughs> I'm also really good at sneaking up on people, but that really wasn't the, my point there with that one. Well, I mean, you have scared the bejesus out of me a few times. Not enough, but yes. <laughs> More than enough. <laughs> well, yes, explain it all. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> And then if you like this episode, stay tuned for that Egyptian one coming up where Lauren is just going to go off the rails. I'm going to be taking up most of the time because I'm going to talk a lot. <laughs> well, pretty much. I'm just going to let her talk the entire time and I'll just make comments. <laughs> because she knows a hell of a lot more about any of it than I do. <laughs> this is not a topic I've studied extensively, but I mean. Greek what? and Roman is my forte. Egyptian is her forte, especially when it comes to Egyptian dead. <laughs> and, and and burial rites and mythology that's her well, i mean i mean if we want to make a comparison here as i used anubis previously when we were talking about caron caron karen i'm sorry caron as we were talking about him basically he did the same thing except it, there there was no river to cross it was just the sands ouchies and he became the, the farrier or courier of the dead to the hall of judgment to Osiris for the heart to be weighed against the feather of truth. I think we should stop it there before she goes on a really long tangent. Bye, everybody. I, I have so much more I want to say. <laughs> Another episode. Another episode very soon. You get to talk okay, the entire hour by yourself. I can. <laughs> and I'm very stoked to do so. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess we'll end it there and we'll see to everybody. Talk to everybody next week. <laughs> I don't know how to end this off and then we're just going to be like, ah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.